Welcome into a Friday edition of Don't Forget the Popcorn, the Dave and Wes movie podcast. I'm your host, Dave McPeak, joined as always with co-host and good friend, Wes Ledesma. Wes, happy Friday. How you doing, buddy? Feeling good today, Davey. Uh, I don't know if you heard the news, but... I'm a brand new uncle today. The sister uncle. had her first kid this morning. Uncle Wes, congratulations. Mazel tov yeah. to Tanisha. Congratulations on the little bundle of joy. Uh, Liam is the name, Liam, right? Yep, Liam Hable's the name. So uh, I don't know what do we got. A look who's talking bucket list Ooh, maybe on the horizon coming for up, him. Coming up, coming up. That, <laughs> you know what? That will be our uh, baby gift to Yeah, maybe uh, on his first birthday Ledesma. or something. Huh? <laughs> yeah, maybe we can get Bruce Willis to call in <laughs> there the voiceover go. for him uh, on the video. But. Congratulations to you. Congratulations to the whole Ledesma family. We know they're big backers of Don't Forget the Popcorn. And my favorite thing is we just picked up a brand new listener. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. That's one more subscriber. Exactly. He, he's going to you know be tuning in, I'm sure, uh, you know, by osmosis. He'll be getting a great movie education well, hey, by the kid, time he's walking kids around. Kids nowadays, he'll have an iPhone by, what, age two? We'll make sure yeah. he subscribes, five stars. and. You know, Tanisha, while you're kicking back in the uh, the hospital bed right now, give us a listen. There we go. Make sure to rate, rate review, subscribe, yeah. all that good stuff. And, you know, the great thing is you can see little Liam just walking around giving Muppet babies two and a half buckets on an episode. And, you know, it was, it's a little salty scene, Mom. It's a horrible Liam impression. I don't even know what his voice sounds like yet. Oh, but congratulations to, to everybody. That's a, a fantastic news. Uh, congratulations to us. <laughs> Don't mean to brag, like but I mean, that was such a blast last week having the chance to interview our first actor. Uh, our thanks again to Thomas Macias for joining us. Guest artist is the film. Uh, hearing lots of buzz. It was so cool to see the interaction on Facebook, uh, the interaction from everybody. We got a yeah. like from Melissa Gilbert, Little House on the no Prairie. Kidding. That herself. was awesome. Uh, it's just, it's really cool to have the chance. And he was awesome. I mean, he was just such a cool dude uh, to talk to and I think very big things in his future coming up so a big shout out to him uh, you know last week we also broke down Terminator 2 uh, we got some great feedback uh, a, a recurring guest Mr. Ben Wheeland yeah uh, he gave some of the best recast tips on this one uh, we were both happy with ours, more me happy Yeah, with more it. you. Uh, I think you uh, conceded, you tapped out uh, with the recast, but Mr. Ben Whelan, I'll tell you what, he came in, I, I like both his Sarah Connor that he gave and his T-1000 better than mine. He went Sarah Connor for T-2, Charlize Theron, which I think just would be perfect. Perfect, perfect cast, yeah. And she's been in so many action movies anyway, she just mm-hmm. would seamlessly be that Sarah Connor role, especially in that insane asylum. Yep. You could see oh, Shelley exactly. just be perfect for it. chewing on those scenes. And then T-1000, who's the best villain around right now? Adam Driver. I can't believe neither one of us thought went down the, the Adam Driver road there. Because that was, uh, when he when he threw that out there, I'm like, man, what a choice. Because you, ah, you really yep. can see him in that role. So, yeah. Big shout out there, Benny. Good choices there. So, if you want to you know, get back with us and get some feedback... Follow us on Facebook, Michigan Podcasting Network, on Twitter, at DFTP Movie Pod. That's where you're going to find us, and that's where you're going to have the chance to uh, conversate with us, much like Pressure Peters does every Always. week on Twitter. Uh, you know, the, the good listeners that we have there. Oh, speaking of listeners getting feedback... Nick Cave, red right hand. Oh, yeah. uh, I told you I, I was curious. I knew I had a CD, and I said, oh, I want to see if... You know, my dad's still listening, listening through. Big Chuck comes through. 
No kidding. You know what CD it was? I said it was a compilation. I'm racking my brain. Right I'm thinking it's uh, get a hold, get a do, you know, all that stuff. Uh, it was the X Files. It was the X Files oh, soundtrack. That was the music from Scream, by the way, that we're referring to. There. <laughs> yeah. yeah, sorry. <laughs> it it took scream. me a little bit. I'm thinking, is this? We, we going Terminator? Oh no, <laughs> that's right. The Scream. <laughs> What's the Red Right yeah. Eye? Uh, the Red Right Eye of Terminator. Uh, but no, it was the X Files CD. So Big okay. Chuck gave some good feedback there. So uh, it felt good. It felt good to finally solve that mystery. But. Here's like a, you're setting little traps to see yeah, if your dad's still yeah, listening. Absolutely, just, we're we're finding out <laughs> yep. here. We're finding out. We we put those little nuggets in to see if those you know our our best listeners are are listening in. Which speaking of, I don't know. Have you got that Ruthruff breakdown the last few? Yeah, it's been I mean, I know there's I know there's a brand new kid, but I mean, come on now. Right. What's more important? Don't forget the popcorn. Brand I'm new. Seeing baby. them out there on Facebook <laughs> still. I seen a you know he's hunting a deer. There's time for pods here, uh, Jack. Let us know time. you're still out there, buddy. Yeah. yeah well, he did. He did send. A, he did send me a gif of uh, great outdoors. So we oh, do know, all right. We okay. do know he's yep. still listening, but I, I'm a little disappointed we didn't get a Ruth Ruff breakdown of the uh, you know T2 and, and the cast that's there. Uh, brand new segment, buddy. Brand new segment. Entertainment news. It might only be this week, but I, there's some huge entertainment news. Fresh off the presses, November 12th, it went live. Disney. Plus, we both subscribe to it. Give me your initial thoughts of uh, the brand new service. Wow, I was uh, I was apprehensive kind of yeah. going. I didn't think I needed another streaming service. I already got net, you know, Netflix, HBO Now, you know, Amazon Prime. So you you're pretty loaded up. Boy, Disney Plus. I already gave the axe to HBO Now. Wow, what a loaded lineup. I already got the Mandalorian in. There's been two episodes since its release. A fantastic Star Wars uh, series that they got going on there. I already slipped in a couple other movies they have. Oh my God, Dave, there's just so much content. You it don't know is. where to start. It's The catalog is insane. I mean, you it's think dripping of... Dripping with 90s nostalgia, right? Well, and that's it, right? From It's got the cartoons. They had Gargoyles in there. Gargoyles, X-Men. Tailspin. You know, I, tailspin. I, I stumbled across that. Blue and the boys. <laughs> right? You know, click, kick cloud kicker. <laughs> say that five times right. fast. Uh, I mean, you have Kit Cloud. Cloud I can't even say right. it. I can't say it uh, you, you, you get all of that. Oh, wait, I, the girls and I watched an episode of Chip and Dale's Rescue you? Rangers. You got DuckTales coming in there. Uh, it's, it's unbelievable. You get the original content, too, which... Stay yep. tuned. We're going to talk about both me and you, unbeknownst yeah. to each other, uh, got a viewing in of a movie that we're going to review here. But it's you're right, the catalog. When you go, I don't know if you looked at this one yet, Disney by the Decades. Oh, no. Where it, there's a category that you break it down by the decades, and you can go back to Steamboat Willie. Steamboat uh, Willie. I see that was on there. Check that out. And then it goes 30s, 40s, 50s, so on and so forth. I mean, it is stacked. It is stacked. I love the interface. Yep. I mean... User-friendly. I mean, yeah. that was one of... Of all the, the streaming apps I have, I felt like this was the easiest to navigate it around is. for sure. And I don't know if it's the... Netflix is Netflix. I always feel like it's so hard to find stuff because it it's the algorithm is trying yep. to do that, and it's, you it's have to trying to too much crap. It seems like Netflix is always trying to steer you towards something yeah. all the time. So their own original stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I agree. This uh, it's wide open right now, and I just boy, the yeah, content, it's, buddy. It, you are going to go down the Disney wormhole because mm-hmm. there is just so much a plethora of. I mean, there's family stuff, but there's there's 
fun sports movies. Yeah. You just got one in today, the well, greatest the game ever greatest played. Greatest game ever played. I never realized that was a, I mean, even though it says Disney right on the cover, it just wasn't a movie I was looking for. You're just kind of scrolling through all the content. What do we got here in sports movies? Oh, snuck in the greatest game ever played. Heck of a golf movie, Dave, if you haven't seen it. I've, I've heard it's Bobby highly, Jones, right? Bobby Jones? No, no. This is, uh, in fact, the the golfers that were utilized in this true story, I didn't really recognize any 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 one of the names, but the main character, he's the first winner of the U.S., first amateur oh, okay. winner of the U.S. to open, so they call him the pioneer of amateur golf. Oh. And so that's what the story's about. What a uh, good film. What was the greatest game ever played? What did he shoot, like a 72 back then? Yeah, with his man, old hickories? I think he was 15 over putt. No, <laughs> actually, it was a 80, gosh, 81, I want to say, was his qualifying score. And then it was a 72 to win. I could be messing those scores up. U.S. Open 72, that's a solid what, score. Two things from that. I don't I don't want to go off on too We're much of a golf weeds. tangent here, but that I noticed from back then in golf. One, they didn't mark their ball. Like, there was one scene where the guy... It hit his putt. It landed directly in front of the other guy's ball. He, he was far out. He had to chip it over the ball to get the hole on the green. And they played through just a incredible storm. Like it was raining. There's the caddies are trying to hold the uh, umbrellas over them. But yeah, it, really cool movie. Like I said, definitely give it a recommend. Man, I am watch. I, I just feel like it's the perfect time that genius marketing of when it's yeah. coming out, coming out in the winter time for us in the Midwest. I mean, you're going to be locked in yep. with all the, the, it gets dark so early, it's crappy outside, nothing better than snuggling up to a nice I feel Disney like, Plus. I feel like we're, you know, heavy pitching ads. I don't think they're a paid sponsor Not for us, but yet. I mean, it's, and plus you bundle it with ESPN Plus and Hulu, it's only 12 bucks. I think it's a good deal. Boy, this is free advertising. Yeah, Come on, know, Disney, right? let's wet the beak a little bit we here. We have to hashtag them when we yeah, uh, exactly. tweet this out. <laughs> well, it's like all those ESPN employees. When you guys see Stephen A. Smith, you know, listen, Simba is a close personal friend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're, you're getting into the weeds there. So, so we each got a new Disney original. We did. Movie, let's right? get, let's get into our recent reviews, okay. our recent movies now, uh, and we're gonna break down some of the new movies we saw this week. So we both got it in. I don't know what you got. We got the brand new Lady and the Tramp, a Disney Plus original, uh, the live action remake of one of my favorite yeah. animated uh, Disney movies growing up, Lady and the Tramp. What'd you think? Lady and the Tramp, you know, I didn't realize this was a Disney uh, Plus only release. Yeah. I thought this was something that was going to hit theater, so I was really surprised to see it on there. I loved it, Dave. I gave it a high three and a half buckets. Wow! Honestly, three and a half I, buckets? I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a well-done live-action movie. I was disappointed that the Siamese Cat song was different. Spoiler alert there, I guess. You know, my bad. But other than that, everything was really well done. I thought it was... Like I said, just really well, well done. You're so used to it, but I mean, yeah, we're 2019 yeah. now. You gotta get the blatant racism yeah, out of I the, uh, <laughs> out of the you, movies. When you made that comment, like, ah, okay, yep, you probably can't use that right. You now. go back and watch. Well, that's we grow up watching it, so you don't realize, you know, the race. Like you go back to Peter Pan, and it, there's the horrible song about the Native Americans that it's yeah. like, oh my god, it's, it's just crazy. Like you go back and watch it. It's like, I mean, it's. Obviously made in a different time, yeah. not as sensitive, uh, you know, or culturally sensitive as you should be on that. So, I mean, it makes sense why they would do it. But, I mean, you're used to it, like the the way that it is sung. Yep. And it's just, you see them knocking over the stuff. So, they at least kept the oh, I thought it was spirit a, of it. Absolutely. Uh, and was it, was it like, 
wasn't it Jordan Peele? It sounded. It almost sounded like oh, him. Oh, I'm not. You I know, that was one thing was. I never went through to see who the voices are. Great but. voice cast. Tessa Thompson was Lady. Oh, okay. Uh, yep. You might remember her as Valkyrie from I think Valkyrie from Thor. Yep. Uh, the Avengers series. Uh, Justin Theroux. That's uh, who it was. was. He was perfect as uh, the gosh, tramp. The tramp. Yep. And then. Our boy, Your boy, Sam Elliott is old trusty. Oh, boy, I don't know. he is getting around on the first Pikachu and now Lady of <laughs> the Tramp. <laughs> he loves the live action. Right? <laughs> Pika Pika, uh, get over here, Tramp. Yeah, what a great cast for the Bloodhound, by the way. I mean, that's yeah, spot on. It was perfect. And then you, you got the Jock was great in it, just like I he like was that in they the... switched that that Jock was a fe- you know a female in this one. It was just it was perfect for the. The dog character and have given the dog so much dad, but he's yeah. awesome. <laughs> no, it was it was fun to see. The girls loved it. You know, we haven't watched Lady and the Tramp. We we own it, obviously, the yep. animated version. And I don't know if Cece's watched it. Cece was getting a little scared. Uh, it shows the power of a musical score. Cece doesn't like when the like ominous music starts oh. coming in. She'll be like, "Nope, I'm done. I don't want to watch this anymore. Ominous. Don't want to watch this anymore." <laughs> so she'll tap out on some of that. She Roberto Durans it. Just no moss. No moss. No moss. No moss. So. She was getting a little nervous in that. I liked it a lot. Uh-oh. I'm not where you're at, Disclaimer though. Like, it here. is. I think my problem is I enjoyed the original so much that like the live action was still it was great. It was fun. I enjoyed it, and it's a really great start for uh, the. I'm giving it three buckets. Okay. Oh, uh, we're yeah, not, yeah. We're not too far off. Like I enjoyed it. I mean, hey, it's part of that service. I mean, even if you had to pay for it, if you're a Verizon customer, once again, free plugs left and right. Unbelievable. You get the full year for free, a Verizon Unlimited customer. I mean, so I'm sitting on a full year, and I'm sitting in butter, as you'd like to say, of (laughs) Disney Plus here. And, I I mean, you're getting content like that. I, I almost wonder if this was originally made for the movie theaters. And they're just like, we need something to really kick off the Disney Plus platform. Let's just transition it. Because they're not cheating it was, you. It's an hour 44 oh, minutes. Yeah. I mean, it's the production value is great. The it didn't look chintzy. It didn't look not at anything all, bad. No. Like I mean, it, the, the the meatball scene was fantastic. This is the <laughs> night. It's a beautiful night. They call it Bella Note. Uh, it was. It was a great. And it was our boy from Richie Rich. This is Nash. Nash, uh, yep. That's <laughs> uh, our, our boy Tony handing out the spaghetti. And that was, I think that was the funniest part of the movie was, uh, they said they were out of this special. Yeah. The people looking in, uh, seeing the dogs get the spaghetti and meatballs out there. I love that the Lady and Tramp live action remake is now the longest recent review we've ever yeah, given. Yeah, I know. I'm all right really with it. Really passionate about it here. Uh, but what I love, you know, Wesley Desmos, one thing. He's a man of his word. What do you what do you say on the last pod? He gave you a Ledesma guarantee that he would go see the newest Terminator Heck because yes. that's why we did T two. Wes laid on me. What'd you get for the Terminator Dark Fate? And what I love, I purposely didn't text you. I knew you were going to go see it. I, I wanted surprised. to save it for the pod. I was surprised. I was scrolling through our chat. <clears throat> Why we never discussed this nope, at all? I wanted to save it for the pod. What'd you think? So we got the return of uh, Sarah Connor. Yep. Linda Hamilton's Linda Hamilton. back. She did a heck of a job, yes, Dave. Like it. I thought Terminator Dark uh, Dark Fate completely delivered, especially yes, after going yes. down all those Terminators. You're, I thought it held up perfectly. I gave it a nice three buckets, not quite Lady and the Tramp, but an <laughs> easy three buckets. I was really tap dancing Excellent. around three and a half, but I'm going to keep it right at three. Love the plot. 
love the writing and how they tie everything nice. together. That's one thing about the Terminator movies. I think they do really well. Even, yeah. you know, that terrible, I don't want to say terrible, but the Terminator 3, that wasn't probably the worst of the bunch. Yeah. You know, even that still had good, good uh, plot structure, good bones to it. And that's another thing I thought this brought to it. And the new Terminator in there, buddy. Man, I can't wait till you see that. They, oh. they keep finding ways to make these Terminators seem more indestructible and more just terrifying, and they did it again. Which makes sense. I mean, it's they're sending them back in yeah. time. I mean, uh, this thing had like an exoskeleton that he could kind of, he could peel his skin off and then fight as the metal Terminator that was also like the liquid metal. Oh, it was oh, great. Oh, wow. So really, you know, it didn't. Didn't cheat you on the How's action. How was Arnold? How was Arnold? Oh, Arnold's great. They had a CGI younger Arnold in there for a little bit. Really? And then the grizzled, gray-haired so Arnold. So did they explain why he was old? Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Was he it did. satisfying? Yep. I, yeah! thought it was, yes. I thought it was perfect. Not as much for Kristen, but I thought the explanation <laughs> for me was perfect. I enjoyed it. And Arnold looked the part. Man, he looks pretty good for, what is he, mid-60s now? What did uh, old uh, Two Buckets Kristen give it? That's what she's right there. She two gave buckets. It to you? Come yeah, on. she didn't. She didn't care for it as much. She didn't like the Linda Hamilton character. What? But she hasn't. She doesn't have the nostalgia of yeah, Terminator Two. That you know, her viewing of it was the first time. You know, two weeks ago or whatever. What did so. you think of T Two the first time she, she saw? She liked it, but okay. it was just you know she's uh, she's in her phone half on the screen. You know, you can't be pulled in like that, Dave. It wasn't a Midsommar band. Hopefully, hopefully she didn't. She's not still listening. Nah, yeah, she nah, turned she's it off. She's studying, now, right? Now. Yeah, yeah. She <laughs> she, uh, she t- tuned out after yeah. that Lady in the Tramp review. Yeah. <laughs> she heard what she wanted. So you got one more and another sequel. This one I'm excited for, and I will be devastated if I don't get a good review. Zombieland 2. Zombieland 2. What'd you get? Well, they gave me the sequel that I wanted. It was great to get the band back together. Same type of plot, same type of uh, story arc. The laughs were there. Everything delivered for me like I wanted it to, but almost in the same vein as Super Troopers, how I thought. It's... It just wasn't as good. Yeah. But again, I was happy with it. I gave it a, a two buckets. Ooh. Right, so, real solid two buckets. It'll be a movie I purchased just because I have the first one. Yeah, that's me. I bought Die Hard Five for the love of God. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it was good. I'm I definitely recommend the watch. It just eh, it wasn't right there with the first one. But if you like the first one, if you enjoyed the last, I think it's gonna deliver it. Still for funny. You again, absolutely. Bill yeah. Murray show up. There's no Bill Murray, actually. Uh, I was really surprised. I can't remember. Didn't Bill Murray die? They had a couple, ca- a couple of good cameos, right. Right, though, good, that I was good, solid. Good. I like the Zombieland cameos. That is something good. Ah, that's two buckets I know. I, I was, was hoping for a solid, because I loved the first loved. one. I've only seen it once, too. Uh, you know, I bought it. That's the first yeah. time I watched it. I remember just loving it. I mean, it opens up with a great Metallica yes. over all the zombie killings. and Yeah, uh, yeah you still get your Metallica. You still get your Woody. Nice. But, Woody uh, Harrelson, I'm assuming it's just he is he, what you'd expect. Yep, he brings it. All right, good to hear. So moving on, we we teased it last week. We talked about here in Michigan. Today is opening day of hunting season, November fifteenth. I mean, for some, this is a national holiday. For some, I've heard it goes Christmas, opening day, and then fill in the blank for other you know holidays here. So I mean, I'm not a hunter. As evidenced by the fact of what movie we ended up deciding to pick, uh, because we we had a lot of choices. Uh, that is where Jack Jack uh, got back with us. He's like, you know, what did you, you could have went know, with the deer hunter? Could have went with yeah. the deer hunter. I'm like, and I said, eh, that's that's pretty dark. A little Russian roulette scene. I don't know if 
uh, really fits what we're we're looking for. Uh, Escanaba in the moonlight. No, that's Deliverance. Deliverance. It's outdoorsy. It is. It is. Well, they're hunting for pigs, I think, in that one. Really squeal like them. So, oh, man. That old poor Ned baby. But... When we were looking at it, Escanaba into Moonlight, I know, but I mean, I just, I've never watched that one, which would have been probably a good transition. Uh, there's just not a ton, maybe without a paddle uh, could have been one. So what we ended up deciding to go with, our bucket list treatment this week, The Great Outdoors. This is Chet. You remember me, Chet Ripley? How you doing? This is his family. You can run around here naked as a bear yeah. and not worry about running into anybody. This is Roman. What a gas. This is his family. I'm waiting for the heads to rotate around and vomit pea soup. They're about to spend one week together in the great outdoors. We weren't invited. Ah, they'll be tickled to death to see us. Who invited them anyway? But this is no holiday. The man is an ass! This is war. good time if it fell out of the sky landed on your face and started to wiggle are you gonna argue or are you gonna enjoy yourself dan Aykroyd, john candy the great outdoors outdoor fun for the whole family that had to hurt Listen to that trailer, just dripping with 1980s, you know, everything that you look at. Uh, so, full disclosure, I know I've seen this movie. It was when I was very young. It was probably six, seven years old. Uh, I remember watching it with my grandpa Charlie. Uh, he just <laughs> absolutely loved it. Uh, you know, it just, I, and the great thing was, he used to have a house up on Seacord Lake in Gladwin. So a cabin oh. already. Just a. So a he perfect, definitely related the to fire this. fire going. Yep. I mean, it was just, it was perfect setting to watch Great Outdoors. <laughs> the fire so, going. You don't crumple the papers. You twist. You twist it. You want them to simulate kindling. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, so it's it's it was very interesting to go back because really this was almost a first viewing for me. Where yeah. I know you said this is almost a yearly viewing for you. So for you, what makes it a classic? Uh, well, so you get the John Candy, you got the Dan Aykroyd, and it's it's really just just about a fun movie about a dad who wants to enjoy a camping weekend. So it's to me, it's really relatable. And like I say, you first watch that when you're a kid, so you know it's enjoyable, and you can. You can relate to it with your family like that. And then we all have that one Uncle Roman in the family, too. So there's another aspect that you can kind of pull out of that. And, you know, oh, yeah, that's uh, you know that's Uncle Ned. That's uh, real similar, right? Uncle there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, and, you know, it's so quotable. It's a lot of good scenes. And to me, I don't know if you uh, pulled this out of there or not, but it seems like almost a lot of... Sh uh, a lot of shorts, almost like an SNL where they have a yeah. lot of like clip. I don't want to say clips, but we're just different little plots yep. that they kind of compile together to make into a long, you know, a movie. We we talked about this. I don't remember what movie it was. We did talk about this with 
this era of comedy uh -huh. is almost like a collection of SNL skits, yeah. which makes sense yeah, when you have with Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd and uh, John Candy was part of, uh, oh man, I think it was called SCTV. It was Canada Canada's. Oh, shoot, I don't know. It was, you heard him poke a polka. Polka twist. Love me polka. <laughs> uh, so, you know, the Kenosha kickers. Uh, but there, when, that good thing of the name. <laughs> so, you know, we Sheboygan. Uh, but. You know, you look at a movie like this, that is very reminiscent of the comedies of that time. So even before I get to what makes it a classic, because you kind of hit on it, I, I don't know about you, but one thing that I noticed when I watched this movie, I really miss the fact that we don't have movies like this anymore. Mm -hmm. I miss the fact that everything has to be like a blockbuster. It doesn't feel like we get those just throwaway comedies anymore, yep. because I think all these studios are so focused on making yep. massive profits. What's the gross profit? What's the bottom? What's the opening weekend? Because a movie like this now is just going to go straight to Netflix. It's going to go straight to DVD. Yep. You're not going to get this in the movie theater, which I think is kind of a shame. Like, I liked having a good PG-13 comedy that didn't have to be, like, over the top, where it's not yep. it's not uproarious. Like, there's never a scene where, like, I'm in tears, in tears like, choking yep. it. But... I'm not going to lie. You're chuckling I, I'm, along I'm, the whole way. I'm chuckling. I got a good grin. Yep. You know, it's just a good movie that it, it makes you feel kind of the warm and fuzzies yeah. and nostalgia. And I don't know if it's the nostalgia, but I, I was really racking my brain all day today trying to think of when's the last type of great outdoors movie that you can remember going to like movie theaters? Because oh, think of geez. it. Like a comedy. Most comedies now are rated R. would be like something. And even Bit, that. That's a great call. Even that was... Well, no, that was kind of in that same mold. It was. It was. Where you knew it wasn't going to shatter records or anything, but it was gonna, it was gonna be fine. You know, it that was gonna, is like a nice B movie. I think that is the perfect example. Grown Ups, Grown Ups Two might have mm -hmm. been our last because it's PG thirteen. You still have some raunch, but it, you you feel safe. Like yep. I would have watched this movie with Katie, my ten year old. She would have been able to handle it. I mean, yeah, there's some some swears, but it's the lower yeah, tier it's swears. Yeah, the low bar swears. It's the it's... Swears you hear when dad stubs his toe yep, in the house. Exactly. <laughs> you know, one thing I, and maybe this is why it always pulled for me too, is the, like that time period. You know, you can kind of relate to, uh, who was it, Buck the yeah, Kid? Oh, yeah. You can really relate to his, you know, all right, you're going, you're going up camping with a fam, you're in a new town, you know, at that age, you want to make your way around. The flavor see, of the week. Yeah, the flavor of the week, who apparently, like, how old's Buck? 15, maybe? Yeah. And you got, you know, he's meeting up with this girl who's, you know, smoking darts underneath the gazebo, apparently. What is she, 19, 20 oh, here? On. The heck's going on? We went to high school with people that were going <laughs> no, across the cut point. when they were in 14. It's a good point. <laughs> that was something I pulled away from that. Like, what? Like, Buck, good for you, Especially buddy. in the 80s. Especially in the 80s. Yeah, that's true. It's probably uh, yeah. looked looked upon. Uh, it's like a, it's like Gatorade. It's like a health supplement back then. Yeah, see, uh, she's just lighting darts. The next one, she's a, a meek little, uh, you know, server <laughs> yeah uh more on that yeah you're gonna hear <laughs> we'll that i think in one of our uh one of our things coming up for sure you'll you'll be hearing a little bit about it but you know for me what makes it a classic is kind of just the the type of comedy it's it's not over the top raunchy it's it's kind of i don't know if i want to say wholesome but it's more situational like yeah. you said uh there's things that i think if they were done now i would roll my eyes and like yeah that's not that funny but for some reason, it just it works. It works for yeah. me. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I, well, let's. This will be my transition. Does it still hold up? No, I don't think yeah. it really does. Uh, I think with the stars that are in it, you know, Aykroyd, 
John Candy, even Annette Benning. Uh, ah, Annette Benning. Uh, your yep. girl. Uh, when you look at it, it, it it holds up in the sense of where it was from and but it's just a different type of humor, I think, that's yep. used there. But there's still, like you were talking about prepod, there's still some great throwaway lines that we're going to uh-huh. get to. There's still that part of it. But I, I think if I had to, you know, like you like to say, gun to head, had to give a, a buckets to it, I think I'm only two buckets yes. on this. Okay. Like, I, I liked it. I yep. liked it. I would still go back and watch it. I think your review of it, and I don't know if you intended it that way, it's perfect background music. It's one yeah. that I would love to put on again. I would, you know, I'm not going to go out and seek to watch it, but I'm definitely going to go back and watch it. What I love about it, hour and a half. Yep. It's a quick you're watch. In, you're out. It's it's good and, stuff. And to kind of compound on that background music thing, it it works as that type of movie too yes. because there's those little clip scenes. Great call. So if you miss, let's say you miss the ski scene, you're not really missing any huge plot yeah. points here. You know, you, you stumble right into the horse riding scene. You know, if you miss that one, it's fine. We got the bat scene right after that. And again, it's not like you're missing these big storylines, but they're all, you know, like you say, just put a smile on your face type of funny. But I, I do see what you're saying. If you're coming into this movie fresh, don't know who John Candy is, don't know who Dan Aykroyd is, Annette Benning. you're probably like, eh, you know, eye rolling. Wait, let go of the rope there, John, if you're skiing. You know, what are we doing here? I think I think if I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just told your son, yeah, to go, which I think actually makes it yeah. funny. Uh, but you, I think if I were to recommend this movie to one of my high schoolers and like, hey, Ooh, check out the Great Outdoors, that. if they watch this, like, yeah, you're, you're terrible, Mister McPeak. Just had me watch that's, this. Actually, that's a good point. Our generation growing up, our parents, our grandparents, I think they're all going to enjoy it because they know Dan Aykroyd, they know yeah. John Candy. They're going to enjoy this movie because they're used to that type of comedy. Kids now are used to the quick wit, yep. the improv, the lines here or there. So this is a big question I have. And full disclaimer, I, well, not disclaimer, I, let me get through the whole question. I I struggle to find, and here's where I'm struggling because yeah. I know this is going to be it. Like I'm going to have people like jumping through the speakers at me on this one. I really like John Candy. I do. Oh, no. I, I like him a lot. I mean... But I don't know why. And this is what I want to ask. What What is the appeal of John Candy? Like, I mean, think of every movie. He's kind of the same. Like, he's never hilarious. He's never, like, over the... I, he doesn't have... He's got, like, a subtle what is comedy, it? though. To it him. is. He's got, like, it, it's... Because uh... he's beloved. Like, he's up there with... I mean, you look at people... and. And it's like, not even because he passed away early, which was a tragedy. I remember when he passed away. I remember people oh, like yeah. it, that during that Matthew Perry movie. Oh, yeah, the uh, almost heroes, almost famous. Yeah, almost heroes. I think it was. Yeah, yeah. and it's uh, yeah, it, it was really tough. Uh, I remember when he passed away. That is like man, that it, people were really upset, and so was I. Was and he a stand-up guy? I don't think John Candy was a stand-up. He was guy. like an SNL. He was in Canada's version of SNL, the SCTV. And I would love to hear from our listeners because I like him. I like John Candy. I like the movies like Home Alone. I loved him in that. You know, Rookie of the Year. He's great. Uncle Buck. I mean, you go down the list. I love him in the movies he's in. But just like a situational comedy, we're seeing him, seeing a guy of that size of that stature. 
and placing him in the situations. Is it a hangover? It, is it funny because he's fat? It is kind of funny because <laughs> yeah. he's fat. I mean, honestly, like you just put him in those situations, then all right, let's, you know, to use Uncle Buck. All right, let's put John Candy, let's put on some music, and then have his girlfriend walk in awkwardly while he's doing the twist. I mean, you have, you know, you have a McConaughey doing For the that. Listeners, it's not that Wes funny. just did the twist. <laughs> it's not that funny, but you got a big jovial yeah. guy dancing with Aunt Jackie. <laughs> <laughs> and then looking awkward as he continues to do it, that's funny. Yeah, and so yeah. I think his, you know, his body type, and then just he's a lovable, jovial that's guy. It. So you just that's it. You you want to like him, and then he's he he delivers in these situations, so you do like him, I guess. Well, I mean, we like him so much. Yeah, I agree. I agree with everything you said. Like I just well, that was a, a harder question to answer than I thought, though, because well, there's no specific thing to kind of point to. I think you nailed it. I and I think the last thing you said is exactly it. He just seems like such a good guy. Mm-hmm. He seems like such a nice guy, and he comes across like all of his roles. He's never like I'm just gonna say every villainous. single one like, of his roles. A good dude. The only one that maybe would be on the ropes uh, would, and pun intended, would be uh, Stripes. Because he's a little <laughs> bit more of the like over the top, like. Believe it or not, he didn't want to get in the mud wrestling ring. You got to be for, he had to be coerced into it by Bill Murray. <laughs> then he was unlocked and started throwing the women around. But yeah, so I, I mean, it's it is one of those things. Even that you put some glasses. On, sorry, but. well, I, I struggle to you know just put my thumb on it because I wonder if John Candy would make it today. Like, would he still be a, as big of a star as he was back then? Because I think John Candy was a draw. I think you see the Candyman in something, you're probably going to go see that movie. And, I mean, the box office plays it out. I looked it up. Great Outdoors ended up grossing, uh, like, its whole run, $41 million. Doesn't sound wow. like a lot. You adjust it for inflation. I was going to say that It made $88 million. $88 million. I mean, that's... That's solid for just a, a random small hour and a half comedy. Absolutely. And it stands the test of time. Like I think of this is why I thought it would have been a good bucket list movie for us, because when we worked at Family Video, that movie was constantly rented. Like I, I feel like it was off the shelves at least a couple times every month. Well, like, like it, people were renting. Almost it. coming back to what you said, it's an easy like ah, we got the free dollar movie. Ah, grab great outdoors. Yeah. That's always an easy pop in. You know, it just it's Bobbins. a comfortable movie. If uh, and to go back to your, could Candy play in this time? Does uh, Kevin James? I mean, what oh, would be the? What, oh, did you just do your recast a little early? What was? Where's the You're similarity? Doing the Q-tip thing too much? Right? I mean, that's that's who you would go to. You're looking for the jovial fat guy. That's not Boy, really. What? That is perfect. That's that is not the perfect really parallel. like comedy so, yes, funny. John Candy would make it today because I mean, Kevin James is John Candy. Yeah. I mean, really, I, you look at it. I think he's a little bit more over the top. Uh, you know, with how he acts and does that, but man, that is, uh, <laughs> I think it's is... a good cast too, Dave. Yep. <laughs> Stay tuned. I have a feeling yeah. like, uh, but no, that's, that's such a good parallel, uh, that you draw, you know, with that. But I, I just, I thought oh, of that question, question and it was something I wanted to go. So let's get the best quote. Let's get the best quote. Uh, we're, we're going to be doing something new when we get to best scene. Uh, but best quote, what would you have here? Had a few of them down here, Dave, and like uh, we kind of discussed off pod, there was a lot of subtle quotes, a lot a lot of variety of quotes, but not one of those like huge quote that you're going to uh, pull out of Great Outdoors and remember like, ah, oh, you know, Great Outdoors, here's that quote. There's not that really uh, like A plus quote. No, in I there. agree. It's almost more of the scenes. Yeah. Like you remember the scenes. And so I... To be honest with you, though, I still jotted down a lot. The one that I landed on, and I'm going to throw some uh, some honorable mentions after after yours. Yes. The one that I landed on, and it's going to be a Mr. Uh, 
Mr. Dan Aykroyd. I knew, I knew you were going to be Roman. Oh, I knew heck you were going to yes. be Roman. So, a pontoon boat. What the hell are you going to do with a pontoon boat? Retake Omaha Beach? <laughs> yeah, that was such a good line. <laughs> I lost I agree. it when he said that. He goes, no, you, you, you cruise the lake in style. <laughs> But yeah, the uh, retake Omaha Beach for the, the pontoon boat is going to be my uh, my favorite line of the movie there, Davey. Uh, so I, I had a couple, and I am so, you do it to me every single week. Every <laughs> single week. You somehow already preempt my quote, my actor, whatever it's going to be. Because my favorite quote was, you got to twist it. You got to twist it. Just the way he said it. And then yeah. what that ends up starting is it starts the huge argument that leads to yeah. them basically leaving and it, it leads to the huge confrontation. Yep. But I don't know the way that it's such a small little random. He's like, I'm trying to warm up the flu. Yeah, yeah like I'm, I'm warming the flu. Oh, he's heating the flu while the humans in here are freezing. He's heating the flu. Just the way Roman says that. Oh, yep. It is. It's good. And then uh, I I did think of the uh, blow it out your ass because they uh, you know basically said that a hundred times. I love how... Uh, uh, all the kids start saying Buck, and isn't it Kyle is the other, uh, uh, the smaller uh, brother? He's barely in it. Yep. So uh, that was just funny how they kept saying that all the time. But yeah, it was the, the twist it, twist it. Uh, the other one that I really loved was when John Candy was just talking about the outdoors and they were standing on the porch and looking at everything. It's like, well, what do you see out there? I see trees. Uh, it was just that I see trees. I don't know why that made me just chuckle uh, when he's like being so literal of what well, he's he He goes on that humongous yes. rant oh. about how it, I mean, it's it's so perfectly done by Aykroyd too, his little rant about the trees and the wasteland and, you know, I see a paper mill that could go up or yeah. whatever he says in there. And Candy, you just kind of pan back to the just beautiful scene of lake and uh, yep. trees. It's like, huh, well, that's, that's one way to look at it, I guess. I see trees. <laughs> So a couple, uh, couple, yeah, well, couple honorable mention here. quotes here. How about after Candy gives that riveting bear story, the bald-headed bear of Clark County or whatever. Claire. Claire County. Jeez, uh, I'm 25 pounds overweight. Shit, I don't need a blast of the ticker like that. I felt my plaque start flowing for the love of God. <laughs> just another <laughs> Roman. And then, boy, I just, I'm packed with Romans here. Oh, it's, he's got a lot of the quick ones. Right to... Uh, to enter the bat scene here. Annette Benning, it touched me. Robin, it's been touching you for 12 years. You never freaked out. <laughs> yeah. Coming out of the bedroom. Yeah, you're right. It's so those were, uh, those were a couple of, couple of one-offs that I had down that honorable mention. No, that's, uh, Dan Aykroyd definitely had a lot of the quick one-liners. Yep. Uh, old Mr. Thick Nick, uh, yeah. if you will, had to meet Mr. Euro Cake. cake. Uh, that was a good one. Uh, so th there's a lot. But And that's the thing. I think John Candy, going back into our previous conversation, what's great about him is he needs somebody to play yep. off of. Like you think of everything that, like even in Home Alone, he's playing off of Kevin's mom. Yep. It's like, oh, he's oh, a number yeah, two. Was, he's like a great Scotty Pippen. No, he, he didn't talk for a full week. Yeah, it was... Oh, it was really bad. It was, <laughs> you know, he just need. He, you're right. He's always that Scottie Pippen, and Shoot. we forgot to mention it. Uh, for next week's pod, we're giving you back to back candy, back to back candy, because we're we're doing like we want to do a Thanksgiving movie. So we're gonna do planes, trains, and automobiles. That's really about the only Thanksgiving movie there oh, is surprise, that's worth it. Sorry, yeah. I did uh, when I was looking at what we could possibly do. I did think of the fact that You've Got Mail does have a Thanksgiving oh, scene yeah. with the caviar. It's, it's a garnish. The, it's the a caviar. garnish. 
the caviar scoops. <laughs> but anyways, planes, trains, and automobiles. I'm really excited for that one uh, as well. Uh, next week we're going to be breaking that down. But I did realize we forgot to mention that up top. So uh, that's what we're looking at next week. Here we go. This is the big one. This is where we're going to try something new. We want the listeners to kind of think about it in their heads beforehand. Uh, best scene. We are basically going to give all of our nominees yeah. first. Uh, together, we're going to talk about all of our possible nominees, maybe go back and forth. I love the idea. You you threw it out there earlier. Uh, and then we're going to give cap, uh, credit to Ben Whelan later with what we're going to be doing for our uh, you know best actor as well okay. uh, and, and looking at that. So there's a lot of things. Uh, or, I'm sorry, our silver tuna because Ooh. maybe it's not best actor uh because what we're gonna do we're gonna break down the best scene we're gonna give you what our favorite scene was but kind of almost make it a little bit more uh yeah. you know participation based we're gonna give you a chance to think of oh yeah that would be my best scene uh so kind of give our honorable mentions first and then we'll tell you what our favorite scene is from that point Wes, well, start us off what was some of your nominees a couple nominees to throw out at you dave so we have the the bat scene would be one of the nominees in the bat scene I'm referred to is oh. when the you know the bat is loose in the cabin yes. and John and uh, Dan Aykroyd got to go in there and find it and kill it. This little sonar guided vermin or whatever he calls them. <laughs> it's a radar <laughs> radar, radar, radar controlled vermin. Yeah. <laughs> um, another scene I'm going to throw out there. I'm going to put in contention the old 96er. That whole scene's got to yes. be in there, right? I love. Uh, wait, we'll we'll yep. break them down. We'll break them down yeah. afterwards. A couple more I'm going to throw at you. Uh, John Candy skiing. We got yeah. we got candy oh, skis, yeah. and the four, I got four nominees down here. Uh, and then the bear chasing John Candy to uh, to finish off the movie. There, those yeah. are the four nominees I had written down. Uh, we're pretty much lockstep yeah. here. I, I would say about the only others that I would have. I really love the opening scene of the movie. Yeah. The, the you know, you, you get that yakety yak. Don't you gonna go all the raccoon scenes? Check out every hen house, whorehouse, everything. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there we go. See you get it But here it is. I do actually. So you're gonna get my favorite scene. I like the first raccoon scene. <laughs> Was good. And stay tuned for some salt with yeah. the raccoons. Uh, I did like that. I with the boat. I love how small that speedboat was, and for some reason, when it started, I love the way that John Candy yeah. spooked when the uh, <laughs> the engine started. I did enjoy that. Uh, I don't know if it's just we live in Michigan here, and we have so many of these towns that they were at. Like mm-hmm. we have so many towns that are just based around some beautiful little lakes yeah. like that. Boy, when Buck was walking around that town, I'm like, that is that's like Silver Lake. Yeah. that's like fill in the blank. Yep, in I was going to say like Higgins Lake or you know oh. one of those. So you're I love it. Right. And it's like there's the there's your random little A and W yep. or your Dairy Queen or your random ice cream place that you go on. Like, the, oh. the one bar in town that everybody, you know, the whatever the pool hall and everybody's yeah. gonna go there. Yeah. That's where everybody yeah. has to go. And not that that was necessarily a scene, yep. but it's just I wanted to make mention of that. And uh, it's definitely those are my nominees uh, that I look at because I share yeah. your nominees as well. I so took the best ones. <laughs> let's oh, that's all right. Let's go with it. What, what ended up being your favorite out of all those so, nominees? Of our nominees, Dave, I'm going with the bear chasing John Candy at the end of the movie scene. For the life of this movie that I've first seen it till now, this has always been the scene that I absolutely love, and I and I dig that it's at the end of the movie because I'm always looking forward to it. You know, from him, just the initial reaction of seeing that oh. he pulled out the bear from the uh, the little yes. mine shaft there, 
to when he gets into that house and he's exhausted. Big Bear! Big Bear, chase me! Big Bear, chase me! Just And then the bear comes slamming into the door and then just hopping up and down and then Candy, uncle, uncle! And he just starts tapping out. That whole scene, just he's putting back up the door. <laughs> and he's still... Why did he put back up the door? I have no idea. He's so just, just so traumatized by a bear just giving him the what for. <laughs> for some reason. And then, you know, so that part's fantastic. And to finish it all off, for some reason, the old man comes in. What is that, a lamp? Yeah, but it's loaded. <laughs> he just oh. fires and then blows the, the hair off. Gets the bear's butt and going around. And you get the, the bear, the, the bear, bear's butt as he's going away. <laughs> yeah. So now he's bald on top uh, and on the back. I love it. I love it. That that is a, a very solid scene, and it's a good callback. I bear thought, I thought for sure you were going to go with the bear, and we didn't even talk about it in our nominees, and it absolutely is the bear dump. The bear scene? telling the story. Oh, like telling yep. the story of, of the bald bear from Clare County. So that would definitely be up there as well. My favorite scene, you already referenced it, because I laughed so hard because I had a similar real-life experience that went right along with this, the bat scene. Oh, man, the bat scene yep. is just just so hilarious uh, because it's so realistic. I love the oh. way that, like, I mean, Roman's absolutely right. Like, John Candy's kind of the outdoorsman type guy, and they kind of look to him to yeah. go get the bat and get in there. And I love it because I would have done the same thing. He walked in, he's like... Ooh, that's a big one. It that's at least be. a two-pounder. It's got the face. <laughs> Does the, the little <laughs> fingers coming out. So that starts it. I was already laughing about that. How it, just his face walking out. He's like, at least a two-pounder. A two-pounder bad. He's like, is that big? That's a big one. Uh, so And then when they go back in, that I can just see. So this is why I was laughing. I'm thinking of me and you. Like if we were ever in a cabin... 100% that's me and you. You got the basket on the yeah, head. I the got the full wrap on. You know, Kristen and Vicky are just losing it on us. Like, what the heck are these guys doing? These are the, these are the men. The gear with, like, the, you know, it's tied, like, Kenny, so you can only see the eyes <laughs> through it. I agree. I mean, who are we kidding? We both know that Kristen and Vicky are the ones taking care of business. We're out there doing nothing. Uh, just giggling, and we're, we're pre-potting out. And right. it's like, hey, how about those ladies, huh? Right. Uh, but just the way they're starting to swing around, because that would be me so here's how I, this <laughs> is why i love this scene. this is why i love this scene when i worked at coca-cola in the summers when i was in college <laughs> and uh worked upstairs at the warehouse and there was a cage like a, a, a kind of a, a a chain link fence cage that was our office area and there's work areas and all that so in the morning you had paperwork that you'd have to do and you you know filling out the paperwork drinking coffee in the morning kind of getting ready for the day and getting everything organized for for the day like I delivered coolers and vending machines and all yeah. that you know my dad uh, worked with my dad he was on the you know the uh, found install team so it was great you know we're all sitting there and we're just talking and getting everything ready for the day filling out the paperwork and I kid you not a bat dive bombs comes down over, and you've never seen in your life six grown men. The, the sounds that came out of us were not human. Like, it was high-pitched squeals. Like, you see my my dad's high-stepping, like, Deion Sanders, you know, going away. And then, so you see all these guys were, like, ducking. Like, everybody's ducking around. We're hiding behind things. And then, sure enough, it was just like the movie. The bat dive bombs back another way, so the whole group is, like, shifting, shifting out. Shifting it. 
And then it's almost like, uh, I'm trying to think of, it's like the squirrel in uh, oh, Christmas yeah. Vacation, <laughs> where we end up like closing it, uh, you know, and looking at that. And what was great is there's the one guy that comes up, he's like, what are you guys scared of a little bat? Like instantly just like gets a coffee can, like traps it, uh, ends up taking care of business. But, oh man, if you would have seen us, it's like doing barrel rolls. Right? And, oh, it was hilarious. After I the bat was out of there, everybody looked at each other and they never spoke of it again. Until I put it on the podcast. <laughs> right? uh, you know, but it was... it was uh, Millions of people. I'll tell you what. Yeah, that's the truth. Uh, thank you, Thomas Macias. Uh, you know, the top, it is top five funniest moments of my life to see the way that we were running around. Oh. If, if there would have been cameras... One, we would have won on AFV. And, I mean, it was it's something straight out of Great Outdoors. Yeah. I mean, it was like that. So, for personal reasons, for everything, all the listed above, the bat scene was by far my favorite scene of the movie. What I think would have been close, and I don't think they played it up enough, um, so it wasn't even on my nominees, the go-kart scene. I found myself with an audible chuckle. Like, it's so quick, so you barely oh, even know. yeah. They're racing around the go-karts. You know, John Candy looks like Bowser from Mario Kart yes. going around. He looks so massive. But I love how he's passing because, once again, talk about a Michigan vacation like, yeah. town. You're racing go-karts. I mean, every, like, you're talking Hone Lake, Higgins Lake. You're yeah, talking, absolutely. Uh, you know, all of those places have amazing Especially in this time go-karts. frame, too. Yes. That was huge. The 80s, everybody loves racing yep. go-karts at those places. And I don't know what it was. Dan Aykroyd's out just hitting golf balls. <laughs> hits it off the tree, and then you see John Candy take a golf ball to the face. It needed to be built well, up I completely more. forgot oh, about that so scene. So quick. I liked it. Uh, but if it was longer, maybe. Yeah. I, I would have liked to have seen him like veer off into the hay bales a little bit more. See, but. there's the, there's the beauty of candy. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's put John Candy in a go kart. Uh, uh, just go. Let's see what happens. <laughs> Smash his face with an iron, uh, or a, <laughs> at least a golf ball. So that that's what I had as my best scene. I can't believe the old '96er didn't win either one. I I felt too much chalk. Yeah, and it was a great scene, but I feel like that's the one that everybody knows. But I was almost expecting more. Yeah. And I'm going to also tie it in with the salty scene. Yeah, we'll come back to the old 96er as well. The 96er scene itself was funny. I loved how he just started off with taking the petite bites bites of steak. Ackroyd, like, sitting on his belly like like in Jurassic Park when he's on the Triceratops. (laughs) Oh, we got good digestion (laughs) here. He's just going up and down. (laughs) Jurassic Park. That is, it was 100% that. That's amazing. I wonder if Jurassic, I wonder if uh, old Spielberg's scene that he's like uh we're stealing i'm I'm taking it stealing it stealing that one for sure uh so that is what we we just get the great stuff you know with with those scenes moving on we got our new award that we've had the last few i think this has become one of my favorite segments it's our jibby rebhorn segment our jim rebhorn uh james rebhorn the actor that played uh you know the, the doctor and Meet the Parents was famously known for giving us this line. That was a big shot. That's what we get with Jim Rebhorn. We loved him. So now it fits with us. It is who is that guy award. He's not your superstar in the movie, but you recognize him in everything else. You recognize him moving forward. What do you got? Who do you got for your Jimmy Rebhorn? Davey, my, uh, my Jimmy Rebhorn winner this week is going to be Mr. Robert Prosky Wally in the movie. Yeah. You uh he was the cabin renter. He was the uh the guy that had the the sign up. What is it? Uh for prop service blow me, which I thought was absolutely <laughs> hilarious. Horn, yeah, the horn. So he was the you know and the bartender and he was the lamp gun shooter at the very mm-hmm. end. 
But you may remember Robert Prosky. Oh, you'll know him. From he is that guy. Mrs. Doubtfire, he's Lundy. And Rudy, he's, was it Father Patrick? Father Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh, Father Kavanaugh. And then also, in a most more recent one that I've watched, Far and Away, he plays Nicole Kidman's dad in this yeah. movie. So He's the judge in Miracle on 34th oh, Street remake. I mean, he is... He is a perfect that guy because he's so great in everything mm-hmm. he's in. That's I'm a little ticked you, yeah. you stole him. Uh, Bobby, Bobby Prosky. I feel like this is kind of cheating with my Jim Rebhorn. But, you know, we can still go big actors. Heck yeah. Or actresses. I went with your girl, Annette Benning. Yeah. Brought no the kidding. fire in this because a Jane thing. Rebhorn. She is an act, uh, now yeah there you go Jane Rebhorn <laughs> old Jane Rebhorn uh, she is obviously a superstar actress yeah. she's won an Academy Award at least been nominated I'm pretty sure she's won but she's she's fantastic obviously she's achieved superstardom since this movie but this was a at this time early this was Benning, early it? this is before she really broke out in the scenes, and she was really funny. She played that kind of yuppie from the 80s, the spoiled, you know, trophy wife, basically. Just used to this life of luxury. Uh, And I can't believe that, you know, they were sisters. Connie and Kate did not seem to be the sisters. No, they didn't. I was trying to piece together who the... uh, I I wasn't sure sure if Roman and uh, Chet's wife were brother and sister. That's what I thought it was. Oh, but is that it? That was going to be a question I was going to ask. I didn't know where we the, didn't even find that the out in family connect. Obviously, Ooh, Chet and Roman scene. are brother in laws. Yes, for sure. So who Ooh. is is it? The two women that are sisters? I don't think so, though, because they don't That's seem what I thought. very sisterly. But Roman and uh, uh, Chet's wife—I keep forgetting her name here—but uh, I thought that uh, was the brother and sister. Roman's wife is uh, Kate. But then in one scene, Roman uh, when he greets her. Gives her the kiss on the lips. I don't know what they... Is that... Is, I don't know, brother and sister... I, I don't do that with my sister. Are you kissing Christina McPeak? Hello? Are you on a kiss hello basis How with Christina? No, absolutely okay, not. I'm going to so. slap you in the <laughs> face. What, what is just happening here? <laughs> so I have no idea. No. And that's, a, that's an unanswerable question of great outdoors, I think. Boy, then that's salt. Yeah. That is full salt because it's never explained. You know that Chet and Roman are brother-in-laws. Yep. It's like turning into Inception here, <laughs> trying to figure out what's going on. I, I, I think they were. I think the ladies were sisters. That's got to be it. Because don't you think John Candy would have been more protective of Kate, Annette Benning's character? Like I feel like she, he would have been more protective of, like Roman I, being no, a I think Roman and, douche. <laughs> I think John Candy and Annette Benning were not related, but Roman and uh, Chet or uh, Connie Ripley. There we go. Got it. We're related. That's Boy. what I think, but I I don't know, and I can't yeah, as many times as I've puts it over. I, yeah. Right, that's the thing that threw me off because Kristen's seen that. She's like, "Well, what's with the kiss on the lips?" I'm like, yeah, I don't know. That's a, that's a it's a black fly in the old chardonnay <laughs> for me. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, there's the unanswerable <laughs> question for the great outdoors for sure. Uh, so here we go. We're gonna get into our silver tuna award that normally went to our best performance. However. I love the suggestion from Ben Wieland, and he's 100% yep. right, because this would have fit for T2. Like, T2, we talked about our best performance. You gave it to Eddie Furlong. I gave it to... Uh, you don't got to smirk when you say, I gave I it gave, to Eddie Furlong here. I gave it to Robert <laughs> Patrick, T1000. But he's right. The the best, quote-unquote, performance is James Cameron. 
the best performance of the movie in general. And I like that so we're now broadening that. We're going to that. move Silver Tuna is now going to be the MVP of the movie. Yep. Who's your MVP of the movie? It can be your director. It could be your composer. Because I'm well, we just t- I'm opened the you. door for you to pick the score guy in every movie, in every other movie yeah, now. Every movie. Stay tuned to my tidbits for who's who the, the who's composer. The guy, I was gonna say, do you know who the, the composer does the score constantly? Well, do you know who the score is on this movie? No. A one Thomas Newman, who we already talked about a couple pods ago, was the guy that did the score for the Shawshank Redemption. Wow, no kidding. Thomas Newman. What is there like four guys that do music in Hollywood? I mean, there I really like is. It, there really it, is the rotation like of like eight. Just the constant names that I'm hearing. Yeah, that Hans Zimmer, John Williams. I are can't your, even remember tops. at this point, but Alexander I hear the ones. <laughs> I'm a huge score guy. That's even. Uh, did you see Peter's uh, tweet to me when I mentioned the Fox injury music? He's like, I'd expect nothing less out of a score guy yeah. like you. <laughs> <laughs> Such uh, a good point. So, Silver Tuna Award now is the MVP of the movie. It can be a director. It could be editor. It could yeah. be sound editing. Whatever it is, I like that change a lot because it really yeah. opens up. Well, uh, it's it's good because, like you said, in uh, Terminator or, or some movies that will do that, it's it's almost blatantly obvious it's going to be, you know, all right, you know, is it Tom Hanks? Well, probably. But maybe there's a director that really did it. And so it just it gives us more options. Jaws would have been John Williams 100%. Jaws isn't Jaws if it isn't for that. John Williams, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, well, John okay. Williams. I mean, you can... You should guess John Williams. I was going to say, any time you ask who the score is, I'm just going to go John Williams. You're probably going to be right 50% of the time. (laughs) 60% of the time, it works all the time. Uh, So here we go. Our first ever MVP Silver Tuna Award. Who do you got? Who do you got for Great Outdoors? So it was a two-horse race for me. Oh, and I love the candy man, but I got to go with Mr. Roman Craig. Yeah, I had a feeling that's who your boy was. You can pl- you can replace. Ah, God, I, hate, I almost hate saying this, but you can replace a John Candy. You can put Ooh, that. You can really? put it, well within reason. You could put one of those situational guys in there to react to Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, but I don't think you can replace the way Roman Craig is in Dan Aykroyd's character. He's perfect weasel brother-in-law salesman yep. from the stories of his successes to the bragging about his money and almost con your brother-in-law. Yeah, and money. then. He, he goes, it's like you said, he goes so far as he cons him out of five grand, and he's, yeah, we'll talk about the rest on Monday. Is that how Monday. much it was? I tried he, looking at that check. He wrote, he wrote him out a check for five grand, that, and and uh, Roman will cover the rest, but we'll settle it up on Monday. So he was still trying to get more from him. If, wow. uh, if our girl Annette Benning didn't, uh, didn't relay that those were the kids' college funds and whatnot. But, uh, what a dirt ball. They, right? But, that yeah, but that's dirt my... ball and all, he's my MVP, Davey. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's good. I mean, he had a lot of the best lines, the quick yep. delivery. You know, Danny Aykroyd, that's at the height of Danny Aykroydness. You mentioned, I'm surprised you didn't have that as your favorite scene. You said this is one of your favorite end credits of all I time. Know. It, the uh, Dan Aykroyd dancing, the na, 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 na. Just shades of his blues brothers, right? They, they sprinkle it in there a little bit. Do you think that's what it was an homage to as well? That, that band covers a lot of Blues Brothers songs. So it was a little wink at Dan Aykroyd. Yep. little early tidbit for us there. I like it. I like it. What a heck of a tidbit there. Uh, So here we go. My Silver Tuna. Best performance. And I'm not lying. I was going to go with this, even if it wasn't the change to the format. I'm going to go with Bart the Bear. 
Vice yes! Chair yes! is my favorite because he brings it. He's what key a, to the whole storyline. You can't have the movie without Bart the Bear. And he and his really bear sells brothers, it. really. The way, the way that he gets up eight feet tall. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the way that he's able <laughs> that to get that. Ackroyd look with the bear, like, raises up to, like you said, eight, nine feet tall. Just the, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Was it Yon? <laughs> well, that was a Tim Curry from Home Alone too. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of here, you little creep! Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I, I mean, I, I love the scene with the bear. You know where the you know basically it was uh, Robert Prost or whatever yep. uh, the the Robert hotel. Like, I don't think you have enough hair on your head. <laughs> yeah, you know, looks at him though. Uh, but the bear, I mean, it's the culmination of the movie. Yep. The stories that go with it. Man, I love that bear. Uh, he really it. he just a great bear actor chasing John Candy through the woods. Uh, the way that he runs <laughs> away with the the bald butt. I mean, that's. I, I, I hate hey, to say it. He's a credited actor on IMDb, he too. It's so that's, uh, that counts. Bart the Bear. You look at Bart the Bear. He is a heck. Yeah. Let's actually, let's do, we like to do deep dives. We let's did, do a deep dive on Bart the Bear. He's got sunglasses in his picture here. Bart the Bear, you may remember him from The Edge, an oh incredible <laughs> Alec Baldwin It movie. is. Uh, Anthony Hopkins. I, I love I really like The Edge. In fact, that was one of them that I was thinking of for uh, this hunting week like that. Oh, that would have been Edge. One. He was in The Bear. The, the Kodiak yeah. there. Oh, yeah, I remember. <laughs> Legends of the Fall. A, a good Brad Pitt movie. My I mean, God, we Bart are the bear. underselling Bart the Bear. So those would be his top billings. And then he had a uh, brief uh, brief appearance on Homeward Bound 2, it looks like. So, yeah. <laughs> Oh, 12 man. monkeys. What the heck's going on with this bear? <laughs> 12 monkeys. <laughs> he said 12 monkeys. Look at that. Just thought there was uh, all monkeys. Look, Apparently what there was what a, bear. a life. 1977 to 2000. Big Bart the Bear fans. <laughs> oh, Steven Seagal. He was on Deadly Ground. Oh, he was in the original Homeward Bound. Not Homeward Bound 2. White Fang. You know, just like many actors in the 80s. Died too young, Dave. Oh, it is. Yeah. He probably got into the uh, the booger sugar a little too much. <laughs> Poor Bart. <laughs> too much snow on those mountains. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Barty boy. Uh, you know, it was that's that's my best scene. That's my or <laughs> the best scene I looked down. That's my silver tuna. Uh, that we go with. All right. What do you did you find some tidbits for Great Outdoors? Couple couple tidbits for you, Dave. I already threw one at you here. I got just a couple more. I was surprised that there wasn't more out there as far as uh, this movie. Did you know that there's a re- Great Outdoors remake? No. In uh, is it without a, a paddle? There's yeah yeah it already happened with Seth Green and and our boy Dak uh, Shepard. Yeah, Dak Shepard. Matthew Lillard. Matthew Lillard. That's who I was thinking of. Feeling the woozy here. There's a Dad. script. There's a studio. Okayed it. And we got a lead actor attached to it already for the Roman Roman role. Wait, it's coming out? Yeah, 2017. They agreed to it. Oh, wait, wait. Is this still being made or did they cancel? Still being made. Still being made. Still in post. It's oh still in pre-production right now. But they I'm have the lead actor so, attached to it. So I my, take a guess. Hold on, the lead hold actor. on, hold on. I have my stuff written down for my recast. I'm gonna be furious. There's no if this way. Is it. No All way. Right. Who we got? Kevin Hart is attached to the movie. Oh, as a we, Roman, and I tell you, we are a little too close. We are a little too close. I'm going. So uh, apparently, hopefully, nothing goes wrong in production, but we're probably going to get a great outdoors remake with Kevin Hart attached to it. Oh, please, for the love of God, give me Cedric the Entertainer <laughs> as the John Candy character. Could you imagine those two oh, playing off of each other? That'd be wonderful, actually. Oh. 
Like, can we get re, there? Re, we'll do Vivica the Dennis, A. Fox is we'll in do there the somewhere. Dennis Hopper, we'll do the Dennis <laughs> Hopper for Bernie Mac. Get Bernie Mac in there. You son of a bitch. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> the original title for this movie, Dave? Big Country. Apparently, Brian Reeves was going to set the star in this movie, but it was it was titled as so Big Oklahoma Country. Right? <laughs> Vancouver Grizzlies. Vancouver Grizzlies. <laughs> yeah, good call. So, Big Country original title. And the last little tidbit I got for you. This is the third film written by your boy. John Hughes. Johnny Hughes. So, ah, I wrote it down in my notes and I forgot to do it. I started. I'm so glad you brought it up. John Hughes is the Judd Apatow of the 80s, don't you think? Yeah, Because he produces, he writes. Like, I mean, think of all the movies he has a footprint in. You know, he didn't, I didn't realize. He, he did Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Yeah, but I think he only wrote these three movies. Like, as far as pure writing it. Pure really? script. Well, I'm gonna, I'm Breakfast gonna, Club, I thought, was, he didn't write Breakfast Club? So I got Club? Pretty in Pink, Some Kind of Wonderful. Oh, really? We're going to go to the. In Great uh, Outdoors? Yeah, right? Oh, no, I'm way off here. But no, he I click on writer credits yeah. in uh, IMDb. Those were just his first three, then. But so producer credits are, after the first paragraph. Producer apparently. credits are nuts. Well, through the roof there. I mean, I, I think I feel like Judd Apatow is our yes. nowadays John Hughes because you'd see John Hughes attached to a movie. He's like, I'm yep, seeing it. I'm in. And even now, I'm John Hughes. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I mean, you yeah. just go down the list of John Hughes they movies. St- They're phenomenal. Did we just uh, like tease a future pod? Maybe a John Hughes oh, top five? Oh, yes. Anything he to. touched, essentially. 100%. Yep. Yeah. Because there's so many. Any, producer, director, because writer. I agree with you with the Judd Apatow uh, comparison. It's, yeah, it, yeah oh. spot on, buddy. So, yeah, and I gave my tidbit with the Thomas Newman, so that's all Beautiful. I have with the score. All right, here we go. We do it every, every time. We re- love to recast the movies. Oh, you got something for me? Got some salt? Oh gosh, jeez! No, let's, uh, how let's, dare I forget the salt? Let's you're cross right. the salty road because we, <laughs> we were mixing in some salt. You're right. So yeah, you're right. Salty scenes—that's definitely our scenes that you know we like the movie, but yeah, it's our scenes that we have a little bit of an issue with. And I try to take it easy because the problem with an '80s movie—I oh, could have could be. Yeah, so I was gonna say I had to stop writing. And just little nitpicks. It's yeah. not really anything wrong with the movie, but like really, and then you like you. Kick, lead us off with the raccoons. What do you What do you got on the raccoons? Just so, so you have, yeah, there's right. some. Uh, so yeah, the first raccoon scene when you give the you know what hot dogs are, don't yeah. you? Just <laughs> lips and ass. Yeah, you know you get all that stuff. So I mean that's what you get with the uh, the that and then the raccoons played up. I thought the first raccoon scene. I even wrote in the new the notes raccoon scene hilarious. I thought the first raccoon scene was great. They went to it too, too much. Too much. They went to the raccoon well too much. They should have much. only done it once. If they would have just stuck to the one raccoon Bubba scene, Lodo. it would have been hilarious. <laughs> that is that is 80s to the yeah, team. Right. So if they would have just stuck to one raccoon scene, I'm all in. I would have loved it. But way too many. And then they're breaking into the house. Yeah. They're talking about all the things. Like, come on. It's too much. I, I really did not like how they went too overboard on the raccoons. So that that's one salt. Let's go back and forth. We're going to ping right, pong Excellent. Here. How about the people circling John Candy while he's eating a 96er? Oh, like, no. The? I fully think that yeah? would have been a thing. You think if you're Here's in, a, you're in a, <laughs> what are B-dubs here, you're getting, you're getting an old 96er, you think people are going to... Start waddling over to... Nobody has ever done it before. Okay. The waitress made mention, and you're talking small town. Not since I've been working here. <laughs> she she made mention of that, and she seemed old. So yeah. So she's probably been working there for a while. So you you're couple ageist. that. 
No, no, okay, Boomer. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we look at that. It's definitely one of those things where I think, you know, it would be like a B&C pizza. You know, the B&C challenge right. where you had to eat the, the whole uh, thing? The intrigue would be, start building like, look at that guy over there. He's, he's halfway through the 96er. If, if you're at a bowling alley and you see somebody has seven strikes through the first seven frames, are you going around? Yeah. If you see okay. somebody's getting down to the last 10 ounces, 15 ounces, you see the meat sweats are fully there. <laughs> he had the meat sweats within five minutes of that you, thing. You see somebody Jurassic Park with yeah, that triceratops, you're heading over. All right, yeah, yeah okay. So Good I mean, point. I, I see point. where you're at. Like, it's like, is it really going to be that big of an event? But for something like that, it I might think be. you would. It I might think be. you would. Like, okay. If it's that big of a, a thing that everybody's going to be tuning in for, I think for sure we're going to see that. What else you got? Oh, wait, it's me, isn't it? Back to you. We already mentioned it, but I honestly think the whole Buck storyline, just cut it. Yeah. Give me more candy. Give me Like, I don't get it. Like, I don't see what was necessary about that. So we talk about the 96er scene. I, why, why do we have to have that tension yeah, of, of him. him not getting there in time? Because <laughs> they end up, I mean, being fine anyways. Yeah. Like, there's no drama there. And like, it was kind of... We need him to throw a Pepsi can against the wall. Stupid drama too. Yeah, like you can't wait a little bit. Or that night killed everything for the next three days. You won't let the man explain that his dad was eating this moment, this monumental steak. Yeah, he he did the ninety sixer. Nobody's done yeah. it in your town. She knows what she the knows what the ninety sixer is. Absolutely. So I mean, bring her a t shirt. She should have been fine. Yeah, exactly. You got Look a dessert now. Look what he did. Get her a couple Paul Bunyan hats. <laughs> So I definitely, the problem is, I just don't know if it's necessary. And are we looking at it through the mid-30s, Dave and West lens? If we were 12, 13, would we have loved that storyline? Because it's like, yes, oh, because I would have loved to go on Now looking and, back on this, I was like, ah, you know, that, that whole scene bothered me just because of the way it was, you know, like I said, I felt like she was too harsh on Buck. But at the time, when I first seen this movie, I enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. That portion of the movie, again, because I was about that age, yeah. you could appreciate the guy going out, you know, chasing girls. And they called it puppy love. Puppy love. I mean, everybody loves that <laughs> stuff. I mean, it's, I think it, at that time, I think I would have liked it so much. But I hear more. you looking back on it, it's like, ah, oh, geez. But here's the thing like, it, the movie's an hour and a half. That's it. Develop it more. Mm-hmm. Give me more. Give me more of. That relationship. Well, don't, don't ask that out of John Hughes. He'll run wild with that yes. love story. <laughs> she'll be a, she'll be a former, <laughs> former prom queen me. that moved out of town, and <laughs> now she just doesn't know anybody. <laughs> That's a good point. Right. That's a good point. It's a good point. Uh, so I, I didn't like that whole storyline. I, I struggled with that. What else you got? How about the lightning guy? Was the lightning guy needed? That's oh, yeah. another one I thought you could have taken right out of there. He was on the 60, verge of... 60, 60, 66 times in the, in, the, in, the, in the head. I was like, what the... I like the skunk hair. Was that a neo-skunk thing? Oh, he's got the hair. Yeah, so that's true. That is definitely... Uh, why? What? What? I'll, where did you was giggle, though? Needed? Did you giggle? When I, he did that? Yeah, I hate that I giggled. And, the, and I'm trying to think. Did you laugh when he got struck by lightning? Did you not, did the... I forgot about that part, actually. Because I was going to say, outside of him running like heck when the lightning storm starts coming, and it's a little call back to that bar scene. I'm like, what else do you really need him for? We can do without the Neo Skunk guy. 
I, I, I'm in agreement with that. That guy's not necessary, but that's just classic 80s yep. you throw in. You talk about the pits. I think it's just there for that storm. Speaking of the storm, why in the world would those twins get out of the car, not only get out of the car, run into the woods. In the Dan Aykroyd said it, the worst storm he's worst ever storm, seen. Yeah. Those girls are getting out of the car, running into the woods, to places they don't know. Water is whooshing down they the hills. They just screamed over fireflies. Their, their butts light up. But so, yet they're running out in the woods? They're running out of the woods. They're jumping over flash flood yeah. areas. And then they're sliding down a mine shaft. Right. Like, I mean, I know they have to set it up, but come on. I, there's got to be a better way to get Bart the Bear uh, out into the, the I show. I agree. When it's storming, I don't even like walking to my garage. And these girls are trapping out through the, through the woods down a mine shaft. For the listeners at home, that is literally a 10-foot walk. So it's... Uh, no, I, uh, that was... I mean, the twins in general. I liked how they mm. were creepy at first. Is it oh, the, like a little nod to the shining right there? I think there? it was yep. for sure at the very beginning, but they didn't play up the twins enough. No. I did like how they were laying, and they didn't even seem like they slept. Yeah. They just had their eyes <laughs> open the whole time. Uh, but, yeah, that that was a huge salt for me. Anything else for you? Uh, just one last thing I'll throw out there. The vacation popping. Would you ever do it? That That Never. seems like the most ridiculous thing i mean i love it works perfectly How do you find out about it, it works perfectly for this movie it works perfectly for the dan Aykroyd character yeah. but i agree what, what can you imagine popping in like nowadays you might you could find out about it like you're saying from facebook. somebody facebook and like oh let's go pop in on him at up at higgins lake yeah <laughs> it'll be fine it's i thought that but was you'd never the do most that ridiculous thing that nobody would ever do it is true to character though for yeah. dan Aykroyd. Yep. however it's you're right perfect to, it's perfect find for out the about character it. perfect for the movie and being that obtuse yeah, uh that he would you know do that i just i agree i i think that is too much so i mean you could have a ton of salt it yeah, doesn't detract i mean it is what it is it's yeah. that type of comedy like grown-ups is a perfect parallel where you look at that movie there'd be salt galore as well i mean is Shaq oh, really gonna yeah. be a cop that punches somebody with dan patrick come on uh so i mean give me a break so uh now we'll get to it now we'll get to the main event the recast if this movie was done today who are we re- recasting in the roles? Wes, get us started. Oh, okay, sorry. Yeah. Our four. Our four that we're recasting. We're, we're doing the husbands and the wives. We're going to do Connie and Kate. So Connie is John Candy's wife. Kate is Annette Benning. That is Roman's wife. Roman, Dan Aykroyd, Chet, John Candy. Let's recast them. Let's start with Miss Annette Benning uh, and Kate. Who did you have for that role? Roman's wife. Hard to replace an Annette Benning, Dave. Hard. My, my James Reborn. But I did. Jane. But I did. So taking the place and playing Miss Kate Craig, for me, is going to be Miss Famke Jensen, Dave. I needed, oh, I needed that little bit of sassiness, that girl that's going to be that uppity, prissy, I shouldn't be out in the woods, I'm better than this aspect. And I know dang well Famke Jensen can play off that part What a well. great cast. That is perfection because she's just got... She's got those long yep. legs. She just, every role she's in, she seems to have that opulence. She seems to have that wealth just oozing yep. out. Uh, exactly. I mean, at the end of the day, too, she can give you a little Jean Grey mind yeah, reading. Exactly. Get that bad out there of there. So, get that love, bad out of there. Love it. I'm going a little bit different. Okay. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go a little bit different. I'm casting this movie 2019. I'm bringing it up to today's standards. Okay. You talked about Kevin Hart in a role, so I'm I'm going to go a little bit different with my cast today. 
here's who I have in my, uh, you know, Kate role, Annette Benning role, Miss Regina King, Miss uh, Rod Tidwell yep. herself. Regina King just has that perfect amount of attitude. You talk about it, sass. You ain't kidding. Like she, I can't stand think, Regina King. You, oh, really? Yeah. She's fantastic. Fantastic actor. I feel like she I just always hate her roles and the, Have you watched she, the she plays them perfectly. Don't, I'm not saying to her as an actor, but Ooh. she just yes. they're infuriating. Like one of those roles that just like ah, that girl. <laughs> I agree. But yeah. have you seen The Watchmen? I haven't. She's and as woman. you heard at the beginning of the pod, I can't oh, HBO so now, so I will. I will not be seeing Miss Regina uh, King. If in the any Watchmen. announcer or if any listeners out there would like to uh, give in HBO uh, now, but think of her and Jerry Maguire. Wouldn't she fit this role? Of Kate yes, perfectly. Oh, perfectly. I think that's, that's a what I thought. Really of her. good role. Oh, lover, lover in that. I think Regina King would be a great Kate. That's love my it. Kate. Love it, buddy. Who do you got for uh, old Con- John Candy's wife, Connie? All right. Connie Ripley was between a couple here, but I'm trying to pair these. The idea with the wives, I want them to match up perfectly with the husbands. So for my Connie Ripley, I want Amy Poehler here, Dave. I'm going oh, to give you, you that. I love it. I'm, I'm love giving it. you that uh, Parks and Rec type Amy yes. Poehler. I need that sweet kind yes. of, uh, you know, I just can't relax when there's a fil- you know filthy house like that. And then, you know, she's going to get excited when she's, you know, Lana, the temptress woman. You know, <laughs> you know I, I think that is a perfect cast because I really liked John Candy's wife in this. Uh, Stephanie Pharisee? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, she's still a working actress. She was in Mike and uh, Dave Need Wedding Dates. Wow, no kidding. She's, I just watched that. I can't believe I missed her. Uh, she was Rosie. I don't, I've never seen the movie, so I don't know if that's a big character or not. And she looks like she has a lot of TV work a lot lately. She was in the five-year engagement. Oh, okay. Uh, nothing big. She was in one episode of Modern Family. She was in Bad Teacher. So, I mean, she's in a yeah. lot of good comedies. Uh, get him to the Greek. Wendy? Do you remember Wendy from that movie? See, I haven't oh, I seen it in so I long. Can't remember that, but yeah, that's this. I, I like this. Per- she's so like uh, wholesome, but yet she's yeah. gonna have that little sass. You know, oh. go find yourself a spin cycle. And yeah, you go could, find yourself a spin cycle. What the hell does that mean? Yeah, <laughs> and you can see her telling everybody. You can see yeah. Amy telling everybody to blow up. One hundred percent. Yeah, that is a superb ca- casting choice. All right, what do you got for me, Davy? Comedy. So, kind of the same lines yeah. as you. I want wholesome. I want funny. I want somebody you know that's attractive too. Yeah. Uh, everything that's going to fit that bill, you know, kind of that, just a very, you you can see her being a great wife. I want Carrie Washington. Carrie Washington is going to be my pick. A lot of people know her from the TV show Scandal. She was just in that. She was oh, in Django and Chain. That's you know, where I remember she's, her. She's for. been in so many things. I went Carrie well, Washington. The sister from Save the Last Dance is where I'm. I yeah. I pull her from. It's the first re- time yeah, early yep. on, and I, she's been in so many great movies, and she's just a good pull like, there. I, yeah. I, I agree. So in here, I'm gonna have to give a little cop out. You're gonna have to give me your next two because it, the second I give my Dan Aykroyd or my John Candy, you're gonna know who my other is. Oh, so okay. I'm saving my last two. Done. So you're gonna have to give me your Roman and your Chet because I'm giving well, mine together. And it's kind of it's kind of good that we're doing it like that, Dave, because I kind of gave away my uh, Chet Ripley earlier in the episode. I did go with Kevin James because yeah, when perfect. I'm seeing John Candy, it, Kevin James was the first name that came to my mind when I'm trying to recast yeah. this role for almost everything that John Candy brings to it. So it's you know we don't have to go down our Kevin James wormhole again. But yeah, I uh, 
I landed on him. An old Roman Craig. A man that just stepped out of the Marvel Universe. We're going to bring him into my movie. Mr. Bob Downey Jr. Oh, is going to wow. be my Roman Craig. And yeah. have you seen the movie Due Date? Yes. I want that type of, like, yeah. uh, you're going to have oh, that man, snooty. Yep. Yeah. So you get a little Tony Stark, but it's a little perfect. uppity Tony Stark yeah. in there. Give me Robert Downey Jr. We got a new Roman Craig. Yeah, that, oh, man. what a, yeah. I would love to see Robert Downey and Kevin James together. Yeah. I think they would be a dynamic duo. So my dynamic duo. Here we go. So you kind of probably see where I'm going a little bit with my my wives that I'm, you know, Marlon and Damon? I hope I ruined it. No, No, you didn't. You didn't. I'm not going Wayans Brothers on it. But you are kind of, uh, you are kind of barking up the right tree here when we look at where I'm going. Because I want, I want really funny. I want great comedians. I want guys that you could see play off. I want guys that you could see play off each other really well. Because here's the thing. John Candy and Dan Aykroyd had great chemistry. Great 100%. chemistry. I think that's because underrated in they, this movie. They yeah. know what they they're gonna work in other movies. They they're just in those same circles. I need guys that have great chemistry. My Chet Ripley is gonna be Jordan Peele. My <laughs> Roman Craig is gonna be a Keegan Michael. Yes, Keegan. yes. Keegan I like, Peele. I like how you have them separated too, as far as yes. you know who's where. Key and Peel is going to be my Roman. And, I mean, tell me that would not be hilarious. And then seeing the spin that they would put on it, I would want them to write it. Honestly, they're probably going to make it rated R. But think of the hilarious situations that they're going to put themselves in. Have you ever seen Keanu yet? No, I haven't. Actually. Oh my gosh! And put that to the top for, of your list. I was going to say for like. Stay tuned is to Hidden spoof? Gems. No, would you call it a spoof. No, I was going to say for a movie like that or what it's like a tongue-in-cheek movie. It is. I've heard but nothing but good things about it. It's I guess amazing. That's what I'm getting at. So, like, I, I showed you a couple clips from Key and Peele. The I said, Beep. yeah. You no, know, I, I gave you that <laughs> one. You know, I give you some of the Key and Peele. Like, I just imagine those guys. They would be great at yep. sniping at each other. They well, would be especially great. the like, bat scene for those two. Oh would my be, gosh! Like you get the key, you might go. Key gets that high pitch. You know, we we've seen him in so many great movies. <laughs> I just think those two together, they're going to knock it out of the park in my great uh, outdoors remake. He and Peel might be two people I'd like to see in that situation over me and you because oh, it's uh, the yes. hijinks will yeah, ensue. <laughs> you are 100% right on that. So, oh, man, it was fun. This was a fun yeah. one to break down. I know hunting season, this is a summer vacation movie, but it's still... We have all of our hunters they're out there. Outdoors. They're outside. Great outdoors. They're hunting. They're hunting a bear. The yeah. bald bear from uh, Eclair. <laughs> I think that's a, an Eclair is that a donut? A donut. <laughs> well, we got to see what's inside of him. <laughs> so there we go. Closing thoughts as we wrap uh, it up. Like you say, Dave, it's uh, it was great to have another excuse to watch this movie. Yeah. Just always a good one to throw on, and really looking forward to next week because that's another movie that I haven't popped in in a few years. That used to be in the regular rotation, so it's going to be great to go so back to it. So you've seen it. Oh yeah, planes, trains, and automobiles. I've never seen. You've it. never seen it. So th- th- honestly, this oh, would be. Wow. We're you know we're teasing ahead. I mean we're coming up on our one year anniversary here. Uh, we're gonna go with some of our favorite episodes from before. So when we get to the New Year's, we're gonna go New Year's resolutions. This one would have been on yeah. it. Yeah. But we're doing planes, trains, and automobiles next Getting week. Getting that gym membership a month early. I well, like. And it. here's what I here's I, exactly. <laughs> and here's what I know about it. Like I hear that this is the quintessential Thanksgiving movie. So Good. there's not a lot. That's so perfect. I'm really looking forward. I already know like, uh, some of the quotes. Wait to get to that mess around scene. Oh, I can't 
can't wait. Just for the Ray Charles song alone, it's worth it. Yeah. Do the mess around. So that's what you got to look forward to next week. We'll work on our Ray Charles in the meantime. Back to back Candyman's. So looking forward to it. I had a lot of fun breaking this one down. A lot of laughs, especially those 80s. It gives us a chance to kind of spread our wings and fly a little bit. So for West Ledesma and Dave McPeak, I'm looking down. The bucket's empty. We're getting out of here. We're taking our first DFTP field trip. We're about to go see Ford versus Ferrari. So we will have that review for you next week. But for West Ledesma, I'm Dave McPeak, and we will see everybody next week. Thank you.